What about the VAR, though? Been a week for Tottenham. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> hey, you you take them wins. Oh yeah, I didn't care. And so I, I mean, I could give a shit yep. about uh, Liverpool. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck Liverpool. That, my friend, is a good way to start the episode. I was, I was, I was there for the 2019 Champions League final. I saw that. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck them. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Well over 150 or something of these that we've punched out over the years. Pretty amazing. Uh, As always, I am joined by the... uh, all-time number one Tottenham Hotspur fan himself. It's Tony. What's up, Tony? How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, apparently, there was some controversy this week with Tottenham. Um, I I don't really yeah. understand it. Apparently, there's something about this offside rule, which is just weird. Just run wherever you want, for fuck's sake, all the time. See, see, I heard people. The controversy came back. People were saying they played too good and were too uh too um. Look too awesome for Premier League competition. They may need to move into some kind of Super League type ah. contest. Might be good. Sort yeah. of like a, I think I think a breakaway league. That'd be great. Yeah, where yeah. the clubs do it yeah. in secret and fuck the fans. Yep. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I, I did. I did get to lay eyes on that match. Uh, I actually didn't think Spurs played super good. No, that's what um, I was going to most, say. It's actually a probably good the most sign. tentative performance. Yeah, it was probably their most tentative-looking performance, especially once Liverpool went down to ten men. They looked like they didn't actually know what they were supposed to do, and I'm like, just keep doing. Actually, with eleven guys, you looked pretty good. I think maybe just keep doing those things would be pretty good. Yeah, but um, they got real shaky. Uh, got got sort of lost in it, and um, and uh, we'll take the uh. Benefit of yep, put them in your pocket. <laughs> you know what? They don't take them away. No, they don't. No matter how much, uh, no matter how much that guy whines and cries about, and he does this about everything. By the way, it's not like this is the first. This might be the first time he said like, "Let's replay the game." <laughs> but every week is like, "This was a total travesty against me personally." I do not understand how I have the world. Has been so cruel to Liverpool, who just won the league and you, the Champions League. Get all that shit, boy. Yeah, life real sucks for you guys. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Fuck no, you I'm guys. Sick. I'm sick of it. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's so much whining. The whining never stops. Um, yep. But that's hate. That's football for you. Don't don't look in the comments on Twitter. That's what you don't want to be doing. You'll it's, see a lot of you'll see a lot of racist and anti-Semitic jokes if you're going through the Spurs <laughs> Twitter. Do well, that. Well, that happens. Everywhere, like in every sporting club. I was just about to say it happens literally everywhere. Um, so. It does. I think Spurs get the Spurs get the um, Jewish jokes a little harsher because of their longtime relationship with the uh, Jewish community uh, yep. in North London. But um, uh, just don't, you know, you just can't be reading the comments. That's the rule of pretty much anything. Yep, I just people are shitheads. 
don't do it. Uh, but Tony, we were actually watching. I don't know if we were watch, both watching the soccer. You probably would have been asleep. I was asleep. Um, but uh, we were both watching the uh, AFL Grand Final. We, we uh, broadcast have. live here in the U.S. on FS1. Thank you to my friends over at Fox, Rupert. A big shout-out to you, my man. Uh, thank you for putting on the uh, Aussie Rules Final. He's done so much for your nation, and it's, uh, it's general education and... Public standards and the Overton window. Good on you, Rupert. But I didn't have anything going on because I was just I was just here hanging out. So I figured I'd crack open an IPA and and turn on turn on some of that. So I caught the back half of it. Um, and uh, I gotta say I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I know that we were watching presumably the two best teams. I mean, they looked both of them to the untrained eye. Both teams looked highly competent. Yeah. Um, yeah, moved the ball really well. Maybe some inaccurate kicks in period three, but I did enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was definitely the two best teams throughout the year. It's um, it's been a year where the actual quality got through to the grand final. Doesn't always happen, like in all sporting codes. Um, sometimes yeah. the best two teams um, just fall at the end of the year. But but Collingwood. Collingwood, as much as I hate to say it, were clearly the best side all year. They they play a free-flowing game. Uh, Brisbane are a little bit more stop-start in how they move the ball, but um, they're just as effective. And, and it was good-looking football to watch. And that inaccuracy happens in our game. It's a it's a make-or-miss league. Um, yep. It's an oval ball. It's not a round ball. So you have to make good connection with it. So you, when it comes to the very... Last thing to do, um, and most of those forwards, which is probably what you don't see on TV, are doing a power of running. So they do, if not more running than the, the midfielders um, to break free, especially just before the ball gets to them. Um, and that's why they're often inaccurate. It's a bugbear of a lot of commentators when Aussie Rules was not as elite a game where they didn't run the kilometres and they could basically just do a 50-metre sprint and they had the yeah. ball. Yeah, so um, that that's our game. Did you um, learn anything about our game, sort of how it's played? I don't mean the minutia of the rules, but I mean just sort of the flow of the game and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I had a feel for the rules pretty well about a little bit. It was pretty easy to get that, actually. It's sort of, it, it does have a lot of soccer-like elements to it to me that are, there is yeah. a little more of a, you know, there's a lot of whistles yeah, but um, they're not long whistles, so there is some like, you know, you, you'll sort of you sort of pick that up if you just keep watching it. You'll you'll get it. But um, what I and and you could see, you know, Collingwood moved more. You're right, more free flowing, more aggressive off, offensively. I thought um, yeah. less of a like start stop time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they move quite quickly, and they're they were super accurate kicking to each other. That's what I was always amazed by. I'm like, God damn, these guys kick the ball forty yards right into some dude's hands. You're like, shit. Yep. Now that I can't do. Like, that's wild. Um, that's why you're like, man, they can't kick it through the goalpost. He got kicked it right into that guy's hands. That I know. Is insane. On the run too. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so any some of that shit's wild to watch. It is pretty fun. I did also like. Just because I love basketball, and I think soccer has some of this. But basketball, it's more clear. Um, all the different types of people that are playing the game. Uh, yeah. you, have, you have people that, less specialists type. I don't want to say specialists, but 
kind of like that, you know, like you have a big tall, like you have a big center, essentially. Yep. You have a similar type of guy in this sport, right? You have these big MFers and you have some little tough guys and then you have just like these little speedster type guys and you have some broader like ball control type fellows. You're like, all right, there's a lot of different types of players out there and it's very, um, it's kind of cool to see them, you know, work as it were. Yep. So generally, the the way I would explain it to people traditionally, so you've got a team of eighteen players, and you think of it, there are, and they're in groups of three going up the field, and the players down the middle used to be. It's not always the case now. Used to be the tallest out of all those positions. So you had your ruckman study in the centre, and then out wide, um, it was the smaller players who would run in and gather the ball off the ground. Uh, as the skills gone up, a lot of the bigger guys are starting to get a lot more of those skills, and the smaller guys have got more strength. So the the roles are becoming less specialised, but we've still got a variety of people of different shapes and sizes. We've got Mason Cox, who's over well over two metres tall, who's actually an American, and then you've got guys that are one sixty five centimetre. Um, so that that's a big gap in that's well over a foot yeah. in, in size. It's and definitely varied. And, and, yeah, you're right. You can sort of tell what position they play by what height they are naturally. Their credit, too, and, and despite me, um, me me and you were, were messaging back and forth, that I was like, right, this looks pretty good. I like this. Um, oh, the kicking has gone haywire in the third. I think everybody was struggling at that point. The, yep. the, the, the winning, the winning um, goal was – a pretty baller kick. Yeah. Like that, that dude put it through uh, pretty much right on the money. And that ended up being the winning points. I mean, cause um, you know, Brisbane had come back and put another one up and it got a little tight there at the end, but Did. they managed to kill the game off in the end. It's always tough though. I was saying it's tough to kill these games. You get up and you feel like you're in good shape and all of a sudden, you know, you give up that one goal back and you're like, ah, shit, you know, yeah. two to one. No, I don't want to fuck with this right now. You know, and the one thing that does really relate, especially with modern football or way it's set up, the fast break is a real thing. If you are mm-hmm. able to turn the ball over, in, even in your back line, you can get on your bike and if your players work hard enough, you can get in front of those defenders and, and just run them off their feet and get an easy goal over the back. Yep, you don't want to be turning the ball over in your own half. That's the rule. That's the rule in general of all sports. You don't want to yep. be... You, you got to be. You got to protect the ball when you're in your own half, and uh, you, that can be a bad mistake. Although I, I find it's often more dangerous in Aussie rules to turn it over in your opposition's forward half, because if their their defenders are pushed up too far, you can sometimes true, get yeah. over the back. It is that counter attacking thing that um, soccer often relies on. You as a Tottenham fan would know. You've had a few years of that. Yeah, I'm sick of that. I'm over it. But what did moving, you think? Of, moving on to the fun. What's up? The spectacle of the game, like this is the first time you would have seen a game with a full house of people and the game sort of rocky and rolling. I mean, listen, I, I mean, you get 100,000 people into anything, it's crazy. I mean, yep. there's only a few stadiums in the U.S. that are that big, and they're all college stadiums. Yep. It's like Michigan, Penn State. Alabama. Uh, Tennessee. I don't think Alabama's as big, that big. Um, I don't think they have a 100,000-seater. It's... um. Okay. Michigan, Michigan, Penn State, and Tennessee, I think, are your real big some bitch. And Rose, the Rose Bowl's huge, but it never yeah, but fills up for anything but the Rose Bowl game. Um, 
So you, you rarely have that many people. And it was definitely a, I mean, a fully interested crowd. It didn't feel like it didn't have that awkward Super Bowl feeling that you get from watching the Super Bowl where it's kind of like a crowd of a quarter fans and the Not- rest are like famous people or just people there for the spectacle of it or That's whatever, where you know, so there's this very awkward, uneasy look to it. I don't know. It just looked like because like, there's so many people. Yeah. I'm sure there are those hangers on that are floating around, but there were more people who were interested in the game just from a gross standpoint. Yeah. Because the clubs between them, I think have access to 27,000 tickets for their members. The rest go to either corporate or other members, whether they be AFL members or MCC members. And so there's a, a little bit of that. If you really want the best atmosphere, and it doesn't always sell out, but the preliminary final, which is the match before the grand final, where the four teams that are playing play off to get into the grand final, that's really the people's game. It it's, gets almost always, if it's two Melbourne sides, 90,000 at the MCG, and generally... 80% of the crowd wants to be there because it's their two teams. It's tough when you've got memberships that are as large as they are in, in Aussie rules. Collingwood has yeah. over 60,000 season ticket holders. Makes it tough. Yeah, it's, it's impossible, yeah. I mean, but, I, but I'll say this to anyone who hasn't watched this stuff and, um, you know, if, if, if you're somebody who's into um, any of our you know, big sports that we talk about, uh, you got to think about, I, I thought about it this way. It was pretty amazing about the spectacle is that there's 25 million or so people in Australia and there are a hundred thousand people in the stadium. So it's not a, that's not a irrelevant percentage of the whole country was in the stadium, right? Yep. It's nearly ha- half of a percent of the country, presumably, yep. right? I, I assume there were some foreigners in there. Yes, I know there's some, probably some S- Saudi prince and some, Englishmen and crap in there, sure, fine. Well, there, but there, there was for, this guy the point the of arguing it, it, it's almost half a percent of the country is in there. There was this guy from Arkansas. I think he's from Arkansas. Uh, Scotty somebody. Is he from Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is it just, the owner of the Browns, whatever no, that guy's no. name is? Jimmy Haslam? He might not have been from Arkansas. Just let me look him up. I don't want to give it away okay. who it is, but his first name's Scotty... Um, Walton. Yeah, yeah, or the Walmart guy. No, yeah. no, no. He's fifty-eight from Hamburg, Arkansas. Uh, six foot eight, playing weight of three hundred and one hundred and three kilos or two hundred and twenty-eight pounds. Um, went to Central Arkansas. Scotty Pippen was there. Yeah, Scotty Pippen was there. <laughs> hey, why not? Sure. Then uh, um, he's been having some, you know, back and forth with. With the Bulls again lately, and Michael. Well, he's I been. I don't give a shit if anyone fights with the Bulls. Fuck the Bulls. He's but. been hanging out with Luke Longley, and of course, you know, Luke and Michael get on. Hell yeah, <laughs> as seen yeah, by right. yeah, well, anyone and Michael, <laughs> frankly, I mean, uh, is not really a friendly type. Um, yeah, but yeah. Check check it out. If uh, you know what, maybe next year. I know FS1 plays a handful of games every year. Maybe at least one. They might even play one a week. So uh, maybe my Friday night uh, tradition now will just be uh, flipping on whatever the game of the week is, putting a stupid and uneducated bet on it, and drinking a stout or something and watching that. That could be. I could get into that. I think. Hey, as witnessed by um, a tipping competition that I'm involved in, you don't need any knowledge of the sport to be leading the competition. 
Are you leading now? Are I, you in first now? I'm in second, actually. Mrs. Thick Johnson oh is God. in first. Oh. I, do we know who that is? <laughs> yeah. Well, she actually goes by her first name. It, it's Spoon's ex-wife. Thick? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well. That, boy, that's a fun mix, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's weird. That's real weird. I, uh, I haven't gotten to this week's uh, show yet. I have to... Gear myself up. Um, yep. I, I just love one of Scotty Pippen's nicknames because apparently he's a poor tipper. No tipping, Pippen. No tipping, Pippen. Yeah, that was a that was a big deal in 1993 when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was eight years old. That was a huge deal that Scotty didn't tip at like the fucking Maggiano's or some shit, like some bullshit that they went to. Yeah, that was so funny. Um, and who knows if it's true? Uh, you know. Nowadays, I see. I, I don't know, Tony, what do you think about this? This is just way off, way off the rails. You know, whatever. It's what we do. Um, here. There's still those posts lately about no tipping people, right? There we get this. Oh, a celebrity, you know, on Reddit, you'll see like, oh, um, you know, Ashton Kutcher came in to um, uh, 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 Roos Chris Steakhouse, and he only tipped, you know, fifteen dollars on a. Uh, $295 bill. Um, and I'm like, so my first thought is, okay, fuck that guy. But my second thought is, I mean, this guy knows Twitter better than anyone. And like all this social media shit, there is no way if you're famous at all, that you aren't tipping a pretty hefty amount. Right. If you're like, you have to put a hundred dollars on just, just start at a hundred dollars. First of all. Right. Well, uh, in that case and, and go up from there because otherwise you're going to get shit on. Like, why not just avoid that? Isn't it worth $80 to not get shit on? There's no way that happens for the top celebs that are getting paid. Like as Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, not a problem, but it gets murky where it gets into these guys that you think should be getting paid and as we found out with the writer's strike and the actor's strike, haven't actually been paid. Yes, they're famous for their acting, but they're still working their, their nine-to-five job and don't have a 100 bucks to throw around. And you can say, well, don't go out. But that's not fair either. You can't expect somebody – I understand it's different if you short-tip somebody, but you can't expect somebody, if they're famous, to have money. That's, I think – sort of a, a misunderstanding because that lets the non-famous yeah, yeah. rich person off as well. Um, if you rig up a bill, as long as you're over that genuinely accepted societal norm, I don't right. have a problem with it. I don't think just because you perceive somebody to have money, even if they do have money, should have to pay more. It's a social sure. contract. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to say like, oh, um, Sarah Sherman, who has just one year cast member on SNL or whatever, yeah, only tipped me the the expected twenty percent on her forty dollar tab at um, at a bar. You know, she only gave me eight dollars or ten dollars, which is what you would expect somebody to pay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, she's been working on TV for one year and otherwise does like touring comedy, so probably isn't sitting on a nest egg. Yeah. You know, of any kind. So, yeah, I think it's unfair, you know, to for someone like that. Or, and they're probably more famous people, too. I don't know. Definitely um, are. Even just, like Adam yeah, Conover, who writes on a bunch of stuff. And Adam Conover. Um, uh, uh, I was thinking of um, Australian comic Tom Walker, who I 
Paolo, who's a very yep. funny man that uh, is probably relatively famous in in some parts of Australia because he's toured out there and done stuff. But he, um, if he goes if he goes to a restaurant, he doesn't have to put a hundred dollars down. I don't think that's fair because he, he doesn't have it, right? He, yeah, lives above a pizza place or something, you know. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, <laughs> and and it's sorry, I just listened to a podcast with Ike Barinholtz on it, and I'm like, that's a guy that you don't know. You know, he's had a lot of parts on TV shows, and he's written for a bunch of TV shows. I mean, what does that mean, right? Are you yeah. rich then? Uh, Bill Bill Oakley, who wrote on The Simpsons forever, is he rich? I don't know, probably, but probably. How, what does rich mean in his case? You know, yeah. he's but, not a hundred millionaire. No, no, and and Bill Oakley. Oakley is probably um, in a better position than Ike, um, what's his face, because of the times, because Bill Oakley made his money in the early Simpsons when the 80s was a golden period to be a character actor right. and a, TV, or a right, character, yeah. um, not character writer, but like a, right. a, a show writer at that point. Um, Showrunner, a show writer, any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're doing better, yeah. yeah the, but the, if Seth MacFarlane's ass comes into a restaurant, that fucker better be given. He's richer than... And dirt. That my yeah. MF is the richest some some bitch on the planet. He <laughs> he got other than a musk. He better hand me a he better hand me a crisp hundred dollar bill upon me laying eyes on his face. Uh, and everybody else in the in the restaurant too. Everybody else at Qdoba gets a hundred dollars from Seth MacFarlane. Now, um, <laughs> speaking of Elon, what do you make of like the people around him? He's like he 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 lives like a, a person on forty thousand dollars. Like that's just a stick, isn't it? At the at the just amount stick. of money that Musk has got. Like when you've got enough money to um, just fuck over people. Rich, rich. I've said this forever. Rich, rich people have no taste. So a rich yep. guy living like he's poor is easy because he doesn't he doesn't know anything good. Anyways, they that's only buy point. expensive stuff. They only buy expensive stuff because it's expensive. They don't like it. Right, rich people don't like good beer or good wine or caviar or what. Yep. They don't fucking know what they're doing. They just like it because they paid a lot for. Yeah, it. Yeah, they buy crystal so, or whatever that shit's called. Right, which isn't even good. You no. know, I mean, they they just buy it because you can buy it. You know, um, yep. so living on a small amount, if he's because he's single, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, single. His kid, his kid hates him. Kids. Uh, he has no. He's got his kids, kids hate him. He's got no. He's got nothing to spend money on besides he likes Twitter. going to work apparently <laughs> and going to fuck yeah right. He doesn't live like a guy on forty thousand dollars because he just spent forty four billion dollars for a website. So I mean he's he's got that going for him. But I um I don't think it's hard because these guys have no taste. I mean I've seen it for ever. I've worked in white collar jobs my whole career and I mean, I'm not around people that rich, but people who are you know semi wealthy. Um, that can have somebody come and design their whole house for them or whatever. Uh, they don't have any taste. They have to pay someone from the middle class who might have taste to fucking design their house. Because yep. they don't. They can't do it, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's funny you say that. I think the living embodiment of that is um, the YouTube channel. I know it's a magazine, but Architectural Digest, where they get the celebrities to do their home tour. Yep. And it's it's always designed by some middle-class person, and the same motifs and, and styles keep popping up over and over again. Yep. I'll send – we were just talking about Tom Walker. That's something he does on his Twitch stream is watch that and go through the guy's houses. He was, they were just doing Michael Imperioli, whose house is extremely fucked up. 
that's pretty funny. Um, that was pretty good. The only right, celebrities I have time for is those that have their yeah. own breweries. Um, I support them. Who had their own brewery? Um, one of the – they're married. He was out of Supernatural and she was out of – not Dawson's Creek. Um, one Tree Hill. Um, oh, God. WB, two WBCW yeah. types? Oh, my God. Uh, they like – okay, so, I mean, they can't be that rich, right? No. Well uh, – Oh, I don't know any of these people, dude. Mark Shepard or – I don't think that's it. Jensen Ackles. That's him, I think. <laughs> and I'm like, like I'm not saying you'll know these people, people, but at least they've got um, like a real brewery that I think they're hands-on with. Or it seems that they're I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of sick. If I had enough money to have a brewery and also hire a brewer, I think it would really like, – I'd hire Tony. Well – Come help me with it. Yeah, because I've got my ticket for Powerball tonight, so hopefully I'll win that. It's only up to $60 million in Australia, unlike the $1 billion that it is in America, isn't it, at the moment? Is that right? It's, sure. it's, I mean, it's gone back and forth. I don't know if it's there right now. It might be. I can't buy Powerball here. I have to go to Arizona if I want to do it. So. Can't you go to – what's the border town where you can buy it? Boulder City. I could Boulder. I mean, pretty much walk across, walk across the dam, or I could go down to Bullhead um, City, Laughlin. Might have been Laughlin. There's a there's a lotto place where you can buy it. Um, yeah. So uh, I I love the articles about one of the guys that's won the biggest Powerball jackpot in U.S. history, and he's buying all this shit. And of course, a common person also has bad taste, and a common person with a shit ton of money that they didn't earn, of course, he's going to have bad taste. And they keep writing these articles by these unnamed financial advisors talking about how he's he's wasting his money it's like well you've got this money for free of course you're going to waste it on like shitty cars and shitty houses and bad investments but because you've got a billion dollars or whatever he won or 500 million or whatever it really doesn't matter i think the house he bought was one percent of his his total winnings it's like he has to buy a lot of shitty houses in worthless areas to really fuck up his his, um, his net worth at the end of the day. You get to a certain amount of, of wealth and it's very hard to fuck it up. That's just the way I look at society. I um, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it, if you're at Antoine Walker wealth, you can fuck up still, which you might do. But yep. if you get to, I mean, there's, there's, you know, the human brain can't hard, can, can't really comprehend one billion of anything. No. And um, so... You really, I mean, there's just, it's, it's almost impossible. Um, although Musk is trying. He, he's giving himself he's for his money with $44 billion, but he'll be fine, yeah. He'll end up fine, but he's trying to blow his money. I mean, yep. he's doing his best. He bought the most expensive thing he could find. So. <laughs> uh, Tony, I'm going to St. Louis uh, tomorrow, actually. Um, I'm going to hit your favorite brewery, one of your favorite breweries on Earth, the Side Project uh, Cellar. Absolutely. Um, Quite excited for that, uh, but I wanted to wanted to send a brewery to you. So I have to go um, up into sort of south central, or not south central, north north central <laughs> Illinois, not south central. Lord help us. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go to this brewery. I'm going to send this. I'm going to put this in our dock. Are you in our dock, Tony? Yes, I'm in the dock. Oh no, that's just the name of the brewery. That's not what I want. Um, <laughs> What's this link? <laughs> But uh, I'm going to check out this brewery, and I'm kind of excited for this one. 
Um, this is not in St. Louis. It's up in, so St. Louis, we know all the stuff I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Urban Chestnut. I'm going to go to the um, fucking side project. I'm going to go to Schlafly and get some pumpkin. There's you know, no pumpkin. you guys know what I'm, yep, yeah, we're going to be pumpkins. But I am excited for this one, this Knack Brewing. This is in Kankakee, Illinois. Yep. Um, and they seem to be doing some uh, some of the types of beers that I tend to like. So we've got a, uh, they got a Hellas-style lager poured from a side pour faucet called Honey Biscuit. We got a flagship Kolsch Ale. We got a We've got an October. ESB... An ESB with um, with coffee. That sounds delicious. Coffee and toffee. Um, and we got a Meritson style lager uh, for Oktoberfest. We got a cold IPA. We got a West Coast double IPA with Simcoe and Citric Cryo. Okay, and this place looks pretty cool. Now, Kankakee notoriously is like one of those towns that uh, has been hit hard by the like manufacturing downturn over the yep. decades. And uh, it's nice to have something like this. And if you look at their Instagram, the beer pictures are lovely. Um, they have some nice-looking glassware. They have some nice-looking foam on these beers. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. So I'm excited to check this out. This is going to be probably one of the smaller breweries I've ever <laughs> I've ever stepped into. But Knack Brewing, check it out. This this looks like it's going to be a winner. So I'm kind of pumped for this. This is going to be something different. Yep. Also going to try to drive through Champagne and check out. Um, the one we've been te- talking about a little bit lately, which is Triptych, who I think might be in might be in the running, depending on how this visit goes, for a brewery of the year nom uh, in our upcoming um, drip drippies here, Tony. Ooh, um, and of course, Kankakee made famous in the city of New Orleans song written by Chicago native Steve Goodman. That's true. Yeah, uh, that's about the train. Yeah. The uh, Amtrak train that goes through there, yeah, that's yep. right. Steve Goodman, one of the um, um, most underrated songwriters of all time. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. He died at the, it looks like he died at the university. Of, it tells me where he died. Why would it tell me that? <laughs> because the he location did, of his death. He died young. In the emergency, emergency room at UW Medical Center. Okay, thanks. Yep. He was only 36. Yeah, he was young. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, he has a song about the cat right, Tony. that he's well known for as well. He does. That's a very famous song, Tony. They play that after every game that they win. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't win very many here in the last uh, two weeks, which is really when you need to be winning games. True. So they are they're, therefore eliminated from the playoffs. We'll have to have a conversation on another episode about how much I'm enjoying Chicago sports lately. <laughs> from a um, distance. Oh my God! The the Bears. Uh, we'll just do the it now Bears. because I don't. All I want to do is talk about the Bears all the time. <laughs> they are so amazing. I have not watched one snap of the Bears. That's something you have to remember. About this. It doesn't matter. The most entertaining thing about the Bears is everything that happens from Monday to Friday. It's so good. Did you did you pay attention to any of this stuff? There was no. their defensive coordinator um, left You're- the team after, before week one, and then it was like, oh, the FBI raided his house. And nobody can figure out if that's true or not still. <laughs> really? Can't figure still. out if that's true or not. Still don't know. And then eventually it comes out, you know, he quits or gets fired or whatever it was, resigns, I guess. And eventually it comes out that, and then there's just coaches, They the reporters try to ask him and they're like, man, it's fucking crazy. 
you know, and that's all they say. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then, um, and then it's like, oh, he got fired for his, for inappropriate conduct. And you're like, well, what is, so we still don't know what happened there. That was just a whole set of normal behavior. And all that shit happens. The quarterback says, and the coaches really do fucking suck like out loud after week two. That's pretty good. <laughs> Essentially, I'm I'm adding some colorful language to that, but it's, that's might as well about what he said. And then they go out week three, totally destroyed by Kansas City. And uh, then they have a seemingly somewhat normal week, although OJ Simpson has commentary about how the quarterback is playing, which you're like, okay, cool, yeah, that's exactly what the Bears need. What does OJ think about the Bears? That's what they need to find out, right? And then. Um, and then after all that, they go out, they're putting a herd on Denver at home by three touchdowns and end up giving up giving up everything back. They they were up twenty eight to seven, end up losing thirty one to twenty eight at the end of the game. So uh they're they are they are total chaos and you know I love that. There's nothing better in sports than chaos. It's yep. uh you gotta appreciate it, you know. Um Spurs were boring. Spurs weren't doing bad in a chaotic way. They were just boring. Yep. You know, that was not fun to watch. But when your team is bad in the most insane and chaotic way that looks like they're going to melt down or be removed from the league at any moment, <laughs> you're like, yeah, hell yeah, this looks crazy. All right, let's see what happens here. Now, cool. so in saying that, what about the other Chicago teams? We know Bulls the middle of the road. They're in. Oh, the, Bulls are, the, the Bulls are the opposite. They're yep. just normal. They're just boring and normal. They're <laughs> like, well, we re-signed Vooch. You're like, oh. Are you <laughs> still on Vooch Island or you just think, like I think he's a. I'm not. He, I've, he's, I've moved away from Vooch Island now. <laughs> but what about the Blackhawks? He's Hawks? a fine they're player, the, but. They're the other um, sports team that I associate with Chicago. Well, the Cubs. Um, oh, yeah, the Cubs, Missed the playoffs. They, were, they, had a, they had a lead in the wild card and uh, they lost like eight of their last ten and ended up getting dropped out of the playoffs. White Sox were chaotic all year. They were that was kind of fun, but they were terrible. Um, the fire, the fire can't even lose Who? by proxy. The, the MLS team because oh. today I, they hosted Inter Inter Miami, which should be an instant sellout and a billion dollars, even if you do lose. But guess who decided not to play today? Lionel Messi. Messi. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> the, you can't even go to a fire game and get the cool part of seeing them lose. Oh. So. Um, that's fun. So yeah, it's it's not good there. They're having issues. Well, I've really uh, derailed this. Golden starting into, again, so I can get on that. Really derailed this yeah, into sports talk. I apologize. It's all my fault. Griff was talking about Discord. neck brewing. Just let's just do the Discord. It's fine. Um, oh, we had some decent uh, beer posts this week, Tony. I thought uh, we got a. Uh, uh, oh, it's me. Yep. Uh, I wanted to post this, a virgin beer. This is a collaboration with uh, Balter Brewers and Virgin, one of my favorite breweries, called Tinnies. Yep. Balter Brewers from Australia, from Queensland. Um, it is a XPA, an Australian XPA, which is a kick-ass style, and I think this will be fantastic and i'm not sure i'll be able to get my hands on it but it sounds wonderful well if you're talking masters of the xpa in australia it is bolter they do their xpa is what i would say is the definitive xpa of australia it's the best of style we're going to get you to be drinking that stuff because that stuff is cheap and it is 
delicious. I wish I could get my hand on the virgin one. I'm probably not cheap, but it's probably not that expensive. I would guess this is a $12.99 four pack. That's not horrible. Yeah. Um, Corey with his beer of the year candidate. Um, it, this one sounds great, Tony. This is a double barreled bliss maple bourbon barrels and Eagle rare. Um, so this is a stout. I'm guessing it's aged in the bliss maple uh, bourbon barrels and Eagle rare barrels. Uh, he gave it a five. Uh, let's let me see if I can look this one up. Uh, second shift double barrel. Um, this one has eighty four ratings. Uh, Tony, what do you think the rating is on this on Untapped? Huh? Uh, I'm gonna say four point three nine. You looked at it already. Nope. Uh, it I... is four point three nine. Fucking <gasps> a! You got, on the, you got it right. I haven't looked at it. I, I just remembered it. I need to put in an order for an, a mixed eight-pack. Um, yeah, you better get that Powerball going, dude. You hit yeah. the target on that. Nice job. Um, all right, so that sounds good. Yeah, I would love to try that when I'm there in St. Louis. I can shift a great brewery. I'm hoping I get over there. W2's out there drinking beer. He's having a coffee nitro afterburner at Metropolitan. That no, Afterburner is their Oktoberfest. Here. So this has some coffee in there, and it's poured on nitro. I bet that's pretty good. Yep, that sounds delicious. Um, are we at Griff? Griff is back. Griff he is, is drinking back. a Koichi Canyon. From that's Fremont. what I'm drinking right now. That's what I just had: some Koichi Canyon fresh hop ale. Uh, we just got the drop of Fremont fresh hop beers. Uh, brief. They will live briefly here in Las Vegas, um, but they taste great. So very good. Torque, he's of course having beer. He was having lunch at the Lost Watering Hole uh, after he was doing the Hanging Rock Summit, which I'm not sure what that is, but had a little Mertzen. Yeah, I don't know what the oh, Hanging Rock lunch. Su- Summit is, but uh, Hanging Rock is a famous place. Uh, there was a famous book slash film picnic at Hanging Rock, um, so it's kind of an. I'm guessing place. he went. My guess is he went up to. Is there a summit of Hanging Rock? They could well be actually. There is, yes, that's a trail, yep. it sounds like, uh, in Newham, Victoria. There you go, looks nice. And uh, uh, so he's some, having some Mertzen, having a little, looks like we got some chips, we got some pizza with some tomatoes on it, maybe some wings over here, Tony, what do you think? Uh, oh, that could be anything, that could be squid, yeah, it could okay. be it looks, Chinese. Looks in- it actually looks similar to the, to the crocodile I had at the brewery the other, at Mafco the other day. Emma found it in the freezer and cooked it just for me. So it was delicious. Yummy. Uh, and then we got Max Allotment. He's post bangers. Tonewood Improv, a citrus Simcoe bomb with candied pineapple and papaya leaping out of the glass, held together by a medium bodied frame and a soft grapefruit finish. So this is Tonewood's flagship hazy. Sounds medium like they're body. hitting the target on it, though. Yeah. It doesn't look medium body. Got to be honest. It looks delicious. Don't get me it's wrong. Like a but thick with, boy. It does look like a thick boy to me. I, some, I don't doubt Max's you know, description, though. Sometimes they do drink lighter, but just on pictures and looks can be deceiving. That looks like a thick, thick boy. I've had burial ones that look even thicker than this, and I would call medium bodied for sure. Yeah. Um, they, they just have that color, but they, that doesn't result in a gloopy texture, I would say. Um, or a rich, overly rich texture. I think uh, this one looks like it 
would settle and not be too too harsh. I'm not sure what the alcohol is on this one. Let's look. If it's it a is, flagship, uh, I wouldn't imagine it would be like over the top. I it's eight percent, so we ain't <laughs> fucking around with this with this shit. So, um, not bad. I was just about to uh, say, um, I don't think yeah. it'll be in the eight percent range. I was going to say it's going to be in the mid sevens, and of course, you blow it out of the water with eight percent. I had to post this because I was looking at the uh, can wall there at Silver Stamp, uh, <laughs> and I found this can. They just have there. They have these big. Um, uh, uh, I don't know what to call them, but they're like these. Um, just walls of, of cans glued together. We're familiar with them in Australia. Yeah, we call them uh, uh, can, wall, can walls. <laughs> Very sure, there you go. Perfect. But this one, uh, I did see an Australian can in there. It's Tui's Flag Ale. I did see another Tui's can in there, too. I think it was just Tui's old? Ale. I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah, Old Ale. That, that's probably it. So, Tony, are they still making beer, and is it bad? Um, it's, it's bad, uh, because it's an Australian macro, but I don't know whether they're still making flag ale. It might be a rebrand of another product. Um, okay. I've done a quick Google search and it popped on untapped. What do you think the rating for Tui's flag ale is? Uh, 76 check-ins. I don't actually have a description, uh, or an be old. You got to think it's old as fuck, right? Well, no, there are check-ins from September 18th. Oh, he did not drink that. Um, December 16. Um, so this might have been a special release in 16. All right, I'm going to go with like a 3.21. Way high, dude. Way high. You definitely oh, didn't God. cheat. <laughs> 2.62. The golden ale, apparently. I think I looked this up, and I think Tui's is actually the brewers of. Um, they brewing. They're brewing. Um, they're owned by Lion, and they brew Han too. Yes. Yep. They brew Han, which uh, I've um, <laughs> you've told me is quite bad. So. Yep, Han Premium uh, is a German style lager launched in 1988. Boy, oh boy, that that's a stretch. Um, we had uh, some we had some food this week too, Tony. I wanted to point out Kyle's uh, pizza here. We had uh, cheese, uh, cheese, beef, and Jardinera pizza here with a mosaic double daisy cutter. That sounds good, huh? Well, that reminded me that I cooked pizza this week. I didn't get a particularly good shot of it. I'm just searching through my photos now. I'm going to post it to the Discord. Just hold with me, and I will tell you live on air because I'm not going to write a description. Go with that one. Pretty good shot. This was my mortadella, uh, mozzarella, and pistachio pizza that cooked in the uh, wood fire oh, pizza looks oven. Good, yeah, yummy. I've changed the wood right. that I'm using. It turns out that that's important. Absolutely, bang on with the crap. A, Look at that leopard spotting. How good is that? Yeah, that's great. There's a there's a famous pizza that um, crispy anchor uh, does. Chris Bianco makes with pistachio on it. Is it this? Uh, I don't know. I, I stole the idea from Chris Bianco. That's how I know it. It's, it. He does the pistachios. His might have roasted onion on it, which is pretty killer too. I think it does, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, Mortadella is always great. Best, yeah, Mortadella is wonderful. The uh, best reason to go to Phoenix is to go get some pizzeria Bianco. It's about as good I would as it believe gets. that. It's fire. They're, they have one in L.A. though now too, so maybe just go to L.A. 
Yep. All right, Tony. Why don't we do the Lager of the Week? Let's do the Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Boy, Tony, it was a it was a good week for Lager for old for old Griff. Um, Saturday we had the Oktoberfest at the Silver Stamp, where they ended up tapping two different casks, wooden barrels, uh, on top of their bar. And Sunday, when we had our usual day at the stamp, they tapped another one. So um, all lager, but I think the best one was the uh, Einbecker. Uh, I've, I've talked about this beer before, but the first time I ever had it on cask, Einbecker Brauer and Pills, uh, out of a big wooden barrel, Perfect. I mean, Perfect. flawless. It was, uh, yep, just, you know, it still had a nice brightness to it. I think, you know, because my understanding is they ship the beer in um, these, like, temperature-controlled, con- like, casks, big, like, metal casks, and then they yep. fill the barrels in Connecticut and, and condition them for however long and then distribute them out. So um, they're essentially in a bright tank on their way over. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So they put them in a bright tank, you condition it into the uh, in the wood, and then it comes over here. And um, you know, there's a nice like light carbonation to it. Uh, it tastes wonderful. Uh, nice and still nice and bright, not heavy from the. You know, a lot of times these cast beers, it feels a little bit weighing down or even maybe totally still. But no, it still had a nice lightness to it. A um, little more bready. A little bit of that wood pulls off of it. It's uh it's just enjoyable. I did skip one of the casks on Saturday because we were about to head out. We, we, I usually can't stay. I just don't stay there past like six o'clock because <laughs> I'm like, it'll just never end. So I just jettisoned myself. Um, but they just tapped like a, they tapped a cask of, um, of Dunkel Weizenbach of like event, like an event type beer. Yep. And I was like, I can't have that. They're pouring it in 16 ounce glasses too. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. It's eight eight point three percent. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. Hey guys, gotta go. See ya. Um, but I'm sure that was delicious too. So we'll go with yep. the Einbecker. Tony, what about you? What do you think? I'm gonna go with the German ale. That's a Mefco beer. There's a shock. But when you're drinking for free, because there was um, some Jimmy was doing some kegging for Oktoberfest. There was beer left in the line. He gave me a call. Said, come on over. There's a picture of beer in the fridge just for you. So, hey, free picture of Kolsch. Who's going to knock that back, even though it is technically ale? Sounds like you. Sounds great. Hey, I don't pass up free beer, especially when it's better than Australian macro beer. Now, you guys got the Kolsch going on here for your Oktoberfest based on my following of you on Instagram. So that's exciting. It is, um, and there's three kegs of the Martzen as well. So that's the really? plan for October right. Fest. Oh, yeah. Hi, 
Tony. You got a beer of the week for me? I've got choices for my beer of the week. Just hold on one second. One was called right, X. Well, it was a 10 hop by Dayton's. And the others throughout the list was T1000 by Fox Friday. That was a Doppelbock. Actually, that might have been it. It was between those two. Yeah, that's, that's correct. So, because um, I had a barrel-aged ESB. It was too boozy to be an ESB. Don't get me wrong, it was nice. Um, and it was by Boat Rocker. But my beer of the week was that X10 Hop Dnieper by Dayton's. Um, I checked it in last night. How many other check-ins are there? There are 161 check-ins. Just ticked over another couple of check-ins since I did it. Uh, what do you think the rating on that beer is? Um, X10, what's the alcohol on this? It is 10%. 20 IBU, for whatever that's worth these days. Hold on to your helmets, hop lovers. Dayton's and Behemoth Brewing are celebrating 10 years of boundary-pushing brewing by loading 10 different hops into our otherworldly 10% NEPA. 4.26. You're in the ballpark, my friend. You are in the ballpark. 4.33. So absolutely scrape through. I shouldn't say scrape through. You did it easy. You were, you were quite Brandon, well in there. Clear. Yeah. Clear the bar. I'm now, in the your... vault there. Right. <laughs> what was your beer of the week? All right, Tony. So I think I brought up Everywhere Brewing on here once before. Um, well, I can't I've, I've remember. had some of their lagers. Yeah, probably have. Maybe I haven't. I have their lagers uh, when I'm in California and maybe some of their West Coast IPAs floating around some of the bottle shops. They're in they're in a town called Orange in California. It's I think it's in Orange County. They have a membership and their membership has all their fancy beers, all their Horace type beers, right? All their stouts and barrel age and all that stuff. And um, uh, so when we were at Stamps, uh, one of the bartenders had brought this in is either a member or connected with a member. And this is from everywhere. It is called Do Laughs Have Accents? <laughs> and uh, it is a barrel aged, uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout brewed with pecans, dulce de leche, Congo origin planifolia vanilla beans, and sea salt, and aged in Garrison Brothers barrels. Tony, this was a winner. Uh, not a, a trim, like it had enough barrel to cut through. So I know yep. that we've complained that before we have not been able to, I've, I haven't been able to get any barrel off of some of these sweet stouts. Um, enough came through. It was sweet, but it was insanely enjoyable for the like two ounces I had of it. Um, I really, really like this, and I would, I would, I would love to have a membership with this brewery. I think that would be kick ass. Uh, I love the sea salt component; really helps dry it out a little bit. It does. Um, and pecans are pecans are just an all time great beer adjunct. I just love them. I love pecans are top nut. One of the top nuts. <laughs> I was doing a top three of nuts. Pecans would definitely be in there, and not definitely not an honorable mention. Are they um, the king of the nuts? I don't know if it's the king of all nuts, but it's it's definitely right there with my with my favorites. Um, okay, they are expensive though. That's really a hold up with the <laughs> top nuts. three nuts with an honorable mention. Honorable mention oh, for me, hazelnut is my honorable mention. We'll do it. Sorry for your luck, style. What's your honorable mention, Griff? Uh, my honorable mention. I'm going to go with the. 
uh, Brazil nut. Wow. Ter- no. Terrible nut. Yeah, okay. No, we'll go with that. <laughs> it's uh, not good, no. Number three, the walnut. Nothing better than a Vegemite and walnut sandwich. So good. So versatile. Oh, the- I wish I would have said walnuts. Go ahead. Number three for you, Griff? Uh, number three for me is uh, going to be the cashew. Ooh, good choice. That's my number two nut. You actually uh, sunk my battleship with that. So that's my number two nut. I'd like to replace the Brazilian nut uh, in my honorable mention with just the peanut, just the regular like peanut. Fair yeah, you can honey roast it. Uh, and it takes a lot less water to grow than all these other nuts. And so not really a nut. It's a legume. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay, so we said, so I had three was the cashew, two I'm going to go with the walnut. Okay, yep, gotcha. My number one, Australian's very own, Hawaiian like, Hawaii likes to take the glory, but it is the macadamia nut. Yeah, I'm going with the pecan. And number one for me is going to be the pecan because I like it in like 20 different applications. It's good in a cookie. You can top your oatmeal with it. Yep. You can put it on, you can have banana walnut pancakes, and that's walnuts. You can get banana pecan pancakes. Also, um, pecan you pie. Can, uh, you can just chop. You can have pecan pie. You can put in when you put them in beer. They have a very distinct flavor yep. that I love. Um, you can roast them. You should roast them. Oh, you always. can uh, put honey on them. You can put all that stuff on them. Uh, they have a great savory application. Maybe not quite as good as walnuts at the savory applications, but you can make it work. Um, I think they just rock. So I will yep. say pecans are my 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 the nut king for me. Um, uh, but I, I I had to get rid of. I think the peanut, the lowly peanut, is my um, is, is has to be fit into my honorable mention because. And I can't say almonds. You can't say almonds because almonds are like destroying the planet. <laughs> they are. They take so much water to grow almonds. But uh, growing almonds is like is like. Draining Lake Mead. But who doesn't love an almond joy? Oh, they taste great. I'm not saying they didn't taste good, but um, I, you got we got to be. Fa- I'm, I'm eating too many of them. Honestly, you got to be phasing out almonds. Um, it became like too popular too fast, and now um, we're we're destroying our uh, planet for them. Oh well, that uh, happens. All right. Sorry, I tried to preempt where we were at. Yeah, you're fine. All right, Tony, it's time to go back to our favorite story. It is. Uh, Love it. Fox, Fox News. <laughs> Woke free beer company rakes in 500K in 12 hours from Trump mugshot cans. Uh, quote, people are at a tipping point. We talked about this a few weeks ago, the... Uh, conservative dad's revenge with the Trump mug shot on there. Um, I don't so, buy this. I don't know what. This is some bullshit. I reckon this is some absolute bullshittery from this dude. You think this is a straight up lie? You think this yeah, is a straight up lie? I do. Don't you? Don't you think there's a good chance that knowing this dude, that, and we've we've always called him a grifter, that this is pure grift? I'm, I'm not saying he wouldn't have made money, but. In 12 hours, 500,000? Uh, what is... Uh, I'm just going to do... That's 20,000. That's 20,000 six-packs, Tony. Yeah. $25 a pop. So, now, now that you've done the math, do you think he, he sold 20,000 
individual orders of those cans? Um, in 12 hours, and he doesn't ship to... Nine states. Uh, nine, ten states now. Ten states. Utah, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Mississippi, Hawaii, Illinois, Georgia, Delaware, Arkansas, Alaska. Um, do I think he did? Boy, 20,000 people is hard to get. So I don't think he actually did. No, I, I think you're right. I think this could be a grift... Um, now here's, you know, here's how it might not be. Well, I, this has Kickstarter grift written all over it, actually, that, um, either he or somebody he knows. Hang on. You, you muted yourself somehow. No, you haven't. The discord just dropped out. Apologies. What were you saying? Um, he or somebody he knows. Yeah, so uh, a lot of times, if these if a Kickstarter needs to get across the line, they'll they'll pay off someone, or they will they themselves will fund it. Yeah. the rest of the way to get to so they can collect everyone else's money, right? So I'm also wondering if he had some kind of um, contract minimum, which might be that might be twenty thousand six packs. That he had to get the line across on and then uh, might have bought the rest out himself or something like Maybe, that. Maybe, but I just don't see how that would work considering how contract brewing works. And it's the same base beer and he can just stick the cans. It's not like these would be individually painted and he has to order um, whatever 20,000 times four is. Um, I could do the math in my head, but I can't be bothered. Um I don't think he had to order 80,000 cans minimum, considering I'm sure they're just a stickered can. Um, I think this guy loves to get himself on Fox News because he knows that is the audience and he finds a way to get on there. And I think maybe he sold 5,000, which I think is still an admirable number. You've got to remember how small a percentage through promotion sales actually are. And to have a beer with no flavour, just go viral on Twitter and on Fox News, even with all those impressions, we're talking fractions of a percent click-through rate. No way he's doing 20,000. And while his email list may be good, I don't imagine that there would be that much um, sort of instant buying for something that isn't um, scarce because there's no sort of... Um, on his website, there's nothing about the fact that this is a limited run. It may be a limited time thing, but it's not a limited run. It just says collector's item, and it says pre-order still. So, Yeah, it takes um, him 30 days to get beer out the door. This is part of the grift. Well, that's, why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying that there might be a grift in hand right there, right? If he's doing this all as a pre-order, he's trying to get confidence from his contract D that, you know, or his contractor that he has to, um, that he's going to have the money yep. to cough up to pay this for this beer. Right. Um, so he's got to say like, all right, I shouldn't have any trouble getting 120,000 cans out the door because this contract brewery probably doesn't have a bunch of warehouse space or inventory space to store his fucking bullshit, you know? But you look at the article and it's only two paragraphs at the start that are about his beer. And then the rest goes into Trump being arrested and Fannie Willis and it just goes off into like 
Fox News <laughs> talking point, 1776. And, yeah, it, it's a rambling article by Kyle Morris um, who contributed to this report. I don't know who else. Oh, um, Taylor. Taylor, Taylor Penley. Taylor Penley, uh, who looks like an AI-produced person. Yes. I got to say, if you click on her photo. <laughs> if does, I... does it does look like a person created by a fucking um, a chat, G, not chat GBT, but uh, whatever that thing was called. Ballot. Yeah, mid-journey. And actually, if you click on her um, X account, Tony, yep. uh, it does seem to bring up the face of a different person. <laughs> is that the same person? Um, where do I find her X account or is... Uh, you have to click on her name on Fox on the top of the account, yep, or the the article, and then you click there. There's a little oh yeah, X there logo. is an X there. You can send her an email. This it's just like a different person that's represented on. No, her. she's got curls. She's just got curls. You don't you think have... it's just the curls, boy? That does not look like the same face, but okay, whatever. Um, so. Good for good for that guy, I guess, or not. I don't know. I think he's he's probably grifting, but all he all he does is grift. So grifter's going to grift. It it continues. You know, yep. the grift never stops, baby. Now, um, what I ran across my favorite use of the Trump mugshot. What's your favorite use of the Trump mugshot? Is it um, ultra what ultra right beer? That is a fucking tongue twister. I hate. That uh, name for that beer, but what's your favourite use of Trump's mugshot that you can think of? Did he do a coin? Well, if he I, did a coin, then that's in, in, immediately my favourite one. I'm sure he did. My favourite though is a t-shirt. I don't think any of the money goes to the Trump org, but I know a lot of MAGA supporters wear it. But it's just hysterical because it is actually a mugshot that is on the t-shirt, but it just says "Never Surrender." It's a shot oh, yeah. of I, when he surrendered. Yeah. And it says never surrender uh, underneath it. <laughs> mugshot coin. Let's see if I can get a coin. Oh, yeah, you can get it. Trump mugshot authentic JFK half dollar. You can, you, can get, you can get a coin. I love anything that's a coin. That's very funny. Who's coin collecting? We'd love to, we'd love to find out, but whatever. There you go. All right, Tony. Next, next up, we got some. Here's here's a beer. Here, you know, I love the marketing grift. Here's a marketing bit for you. Uh, collaborations. Oh God, I can't read this. Um, <laughs> skip. Uh, full pint this is on full pint craft beer news. Morton Salt and Alter Brewing are pleased to introduce Pure Joy, a limited edition beer named in honor of Morton Salt's founder. Joy Morton. The beer is crafted by Alter Brewing. Available at its like blah 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 blah. Uh, this is called like, this this beer style is called a hazy Gosa India Pale Ale. I know. You have to put IPA in the name. You can't just call it a Gosa. Now, if it's not an IPA, it's not craft. It's becoming sort of the word like craft back in the day. You had to stick it on a can so people knew. It wasn't coming out of one of the mainstream um, huge brands. But it doesn't mean anything, does it? Are they actually like... Let me read the description of the beer on Untapped. Uh, Sip on our Hazy Ghost IPA crafted with a unique twist, the addition of Morton Salt in the kettle. Hold on. 
just going to stop here for a second. Okay. Oh, this isn't this isn't just a normal hazy Gosa IPA. You guys made it with a unique twist. I see. <laughs> Come on. Okay, Chat GPT three point five. They're not even paying for the a premium version twist. of Chat GPT four. A unique twist to this beer style. No one will. No one has ever made or will make again. Um. This brew combines the zing of citra hops, the refreshing notes. Of, this is definitely ChatGPT. The refreshing notes of lemon drop hops, the creaminess of oats, and the creaminess of oats to create a cit- smooth, citrusy, and utterly enjoyable beer that'll leave you craving another taste. I mean, that is so AI generated. That's my show notes. Yep. That she stole my show notes right off the page. <laughs> um. I mean, it sounds not good. I don't know what. So, it doesn't really say that it's going to be sour, right? No. I mean, you you kind of presume it's going to be because it's. It doesn't say that there's anything a gosa about it, right? So Other you have than salt. lemon drop, and there's salt, but there's no. There's no sourness. I mean, just being salt really has no gosa. It's not, it has nothing to do with being a gosa. I mean, I know there's salt. I I know it does, but. That's not the only important component. What it is is one component of a gosa. For it to be a gosa, it needs to be sour. It is, at its base, fundamentally a sour beer. It's, it's like if you take away one of the two crucial ingredients critical to the, the style, either the acid or the salt, then it becomes something else. It's no longer a gosa. It's just a hazy IPA with salt. I mean, that's all it is. Yep. It sounds like. It's like I mean, it probably tastes better. It probably would be better than the alternative, but yep. It's know. like if you take away a patty from a hamburger. Doesn't matter what that patty is. When you take that patty away, it fundamentally ceases to be a hamburger. At that point, it can be a veggie hamburger. It can be a um, beef hamburger, lamb burger. It doesn't matter. As long as there's a patty of some description in it, you take that away, then it just becomes a fucking sandwich with salad in it. Hmm. You take away the sourness, mm. it's no longer a gosa. It's just a salad roll of beers. I just want to read this sentence. I know people love when I read on this podcast, but this this it. sentence just really blasted me into outer space. <laughs> Collaborations have played a significant role in the craft beer industry, allowing breweries and brands alike to expand their reach across new market segments and consumers. Was this written with ChatGPT3? Did they re- write this Christ, six weeks dude. ago when we were only on ChatGPT3? It's it's like that. There's this language that's like, since the dawn of time, man has tried to work together for a common goal. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Shut up. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Um, I I this listen. I don't want to say anything mean about Alter. Alter is a brewery um, that makes probably, I assume, highly drinkable beer. I just, um, I just forget about them essentially five seconds after talking about them. So that's where I'll leave it. Well, with, with my relationship with Alter Brewing, <laughs> I, I was just looking into um, Joy Morton, and I would have thought Joy would have been female. Joy is actually a male. I mean, not surprising, yeah. Uh, died in 1934. I mean, it is an unusual. But you've yeah, probably I mean, he's, been... He's very to, old. Yeah, you've probably been to um, 
his arboretum because I think it was where, near where you lived formerly. Yep, the Morton Arboretum. I have been to the Morton Arboretum. It's lovely, uh, and it's very close to Bavarian Lodge. It is. If you're yep. wondering, which is awesome. Uh, all right, Tony. There you go. Hazy Gosa IPA. Hope everyone in Chicago enjoys their Hazy Gosa IPA. Put that right up next to the Mister Mister Peanut or whatever that was. The Pete Mister IPA Nut. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Was. Did you end up getting that beer? Um, I tried it. It was terrible. Man, not good. All right. Now, Tony, this is reaching into the Wayback Machine. We are re- we are updating a news story from eons ago. Oh, when no. we first started the show, really. Um, U.S. court denies Molson Coors uh, retrial effort against Stone Brewing. So you guys might remember... And I don't remember if this happened while we were recording the show. I, I, I believe what well, no, it was. Uh, the decision happened right, right around our first couple of episodes yeah. being released. It March might not of have been the first couple of episodes, but it was definitely around the first time we were doing hyper beer nerd dog shit news. It was. And um, so uh, if you recall this lawsuit, Stone uh, sued Coors. Because over Keystone Light, because at the time they had these cans that very clearly just said Stone across the front. Uh, And now I don't remember what Tony and I's position on this was other than Greg Cook is kind of a goofball. Yeah, but but he's right. It says fucking Stone on it. So it's hard to argue that uh, it's not, you know, maybe stealing some brand equity from Stone. Yeah, because Keystone um, aren't relying on their own brand equity at that point. It was clearly to piggyback on the back of a di- different brand with Stone branding. Um, that that was clear to us. Um, yeah, and and we're not like Greg Cook's cheerleaders here. Um, I definitely remember that. Right. But in this case, he's right. He was right. He was not awarded uh, his ask, but he was awarded. They they were awarded fifty six million dollars, and not. Uh, on a not uh, insignificant amount yep. for a brewery like Stone, I would say. Um, so he had he has left uh, the brewery now. Greg Cook left when uh, Stone sold to Sapporo, and we know how Sapporo has worked out for various breweries. <laughs> yeah, lately. it's working out real well. But um, we'll see how it goes for Stone. But um, he he. So Molson Coors. The story here is that Molson Coors had filed a counterclaim or countersuit or something like that to try to um, challenge this or an appeal or whatever we would call that, and it got thrown out. Um, so uh, the court the court tossed it out. The court rejected their attempt to limit or overturn the damages payment uh, and any other counterclaims or anything. And so this is over essentially. Yep, that's it. it. This isn't one for the good guys, but. It- it was one where the bad guys didn't win. Yeah, sure. You know, and in the end, Stone ended up selling. Greg Cook is probably wealthy beyond my wildest dreams now. Uh, cashed yeah. out a tremendous amount of, of equity in Stone. Uh, he could probably just go do something else if he wanted to. He could probably go. If, if, if Greg Cook goes and starts a new IPA brewery, it'd probably be good. Yeah. You know, I'd probably try it. And that'll be where we're at. But he probably won't do anything, which would be what I do. I would not do anything. I would sit around and fuck around and talk Bro to my friend beard. on a podcast. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We're not win Powerball this week. We're still going to do this podcast. 
I know. I can't get out of it. And Brian won't be able to get out of it either. We're all fucked. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. Tony, uh, we've had quite the meandering um, conversation today. Yep. But it's been very fun. And I think we have uh, earned ourselves a little pizza party. About that, I think we, we can. Yeah, let's have a little pizza party. It's National Pizza Month, by the way, here in the U.S. Um, I know you're not in this nation, but you know what? You're gonna get you get an honorary pizza celebration. You made yourself some pizza. But Our friend I, Kyle made himself some pizza. Can you just uh, pretty cool, huh? Do me a favor and and mispronounce pizza for me. Can you just like pronounce it pizza? I love people that pronounce pizza. 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 Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> um. Well, good news. We can mispronounce pizza, pizza, um, many more times because uh, we're going to play a non Mamma Mia pizza ale edition of Untrapped Pizza Inspired Ears. edition all right tony we got three pizza inspired beers here now these don't all have pizza in them like the mommy a pizza beer uh some of them are just named after pizza things some of them are meant to pair with pizza uh some of them well we'll see what we think are any um, of them from pizza port brewing none of them are from pizza port brewing and which made and by the way, Pizza Port Brewing, fuck you. You made it very hard for me to search on Untapped for pizza beers. As you type pizza into the Untapped search. Now, actually, it's not fuck Pizza Port. It's fuck Untapped. Yeah. You can't search in any... It, it's so hard to search in like a categorical way in an easy fashion, right? So you type pizza, it brings up just any all Pizza Port beers. Nothing to do with pizza. I mean, Pizza Port makes some great pizza. You can go eat some pizza there. Yep. But you, you can't find anything with pizza in the name of the beer. So you have to, like, start doing um, some, like, uh, uh, advanced search and shit. It's fucked. Because all you were uh, getting results for was Swami's IPA. and Swami's shit. IPA. I'm like, all right, I guess it's Swami's IPA. We're doing Swami's IPA. <laughs> you know, Swami's IPA, the chronic, and um, fucking uh, Guido or whatever, you know? Yep. Pronto. But nope, I found something good. So let's start with this one. This one's called Pizza Rolls. Ooh. Uh, Tony, did you guys have did you guys have pizza rolls in Australia? We have pizza pockets, but not pizza rolls. We have pizza scrolls. You're familiar with what a, Okay. Is it like a pizza scroll? I'm I'm not sure. A pizza roll is sort of like a tiny hot pocket, essentially, I'm gonna say in the best say. way possible. No. A hot um, pocket is like a pizza roll. I would consider a a hot pocket, the brand name of a yeah. So it's like a, it's like it's sort of like a hot pocket, but it's like bite sized. Okay. Um, so it's got like a a pretty. It's maybe the difference with a hot pocket is that the crust is more inoffensive. It's just this very thin, like almost nothing dough that is enrobing okay. pizza filling. Now, did in, in America did Spinal Tap do the ads for hot pockets? Because they did in Australia. 
I don't think so, but I don't remember. Uh, that would be longer ago than I think I can recall. <laughs> but um, pizza rolls were a very popular after school snack, which is why my whole generation is big fat lardos. Yep. So um, this is from Bricksworth Beer Company from Burnsville, Minnesota. This is a double dry hop. No, not double dry hop, but probably New England IPA, uh, 6.8%. It's heavily hopped with Citra, Azica, and Azica Cryo, two row flaked wheat and oats in the base. Looks like a pretty hazy, um, but but I would call this for a hazy IPA. Looks, I want to say light bodied in nature, not light bodied, but light to medium. It definitely has a lighter color. It's definitely cloudy. Yep, this looks like a highly drinkable hazy IPA at six point eight percent, has one thousand and seven ratings. Okay, so people so. drinking it are quite—they're quite happy today because the Minnesota Twins um, won their playoff game today. So we have a lot of happy people drinking IPA today. Now, question: Have many Minnesota sporting teams won national championships? <laughs> This is an honest uh, question. Like, it's just like a place that never uh, seems to think, win championships. I think our friend W. Tudes would um, would maybe is maybe uh, if he's listening to this has um, stomped his iPhone into oblivion. Okay. Um, now the, the Minnesota Minnesota is really good at one thing, and that's um, college hockey. I think oh. college hockey and women's college hockey they've done really well. Those aren't insanely popular major sports here, though. Um, their professional hockey team has really had good teams, but always gets knocked in the first round. The Vikings are just cursed. Uh, the Twins won the World Series in the early 90s, but haven't really done much. They, they made the playoffs a lot and gotten swept a bunch, but they just won a playoff round, so that's huge. And um, the and the T-Wolves, and you know what the T-Wolves are. Kevin yeah. Garnett. You know, so. Luke Longley. There's that. And Pat. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Stakes and I think, for a while. I, I think the... I'm not sure if Minnesota United FC is any good this year, but whatever. Okay. So So back to this beer, um, light-bodied, hazy, um, 1,000 check-ins, 4.07. I think this is right. Oh, my God. Oh, I got another. Tony's, like, dialed in today. Really? He was a 100th off, 4.08. Touchdown, or whatever they call it in that game. Touchdown? Touchdown. What are you talking about? Safety. Oh, safety. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got a safety. Uh, sure, I don't know. Um, I'm yep, just there try, you go. It's trying a, to be like those people that say they're not into sports and, and deliberately mislabel what they clearly know the, the sports terms are, like touchdown and, like, you know what I mean. The most, the most fa- famous and controversial Minnesota sports figure right now is Kirk Cousins. So if you want to make a Kirk Cousins joke, this would be the time. Um, so if you know anything about Kirk Cousins, which you probably don't, but he is the guy who walked off the field once saying, you like that a bunch, which was very funny yeah. when he did it. I know he's a big like quarterback. You like that. Yeah, he's a quarterback. But um, there you go, Tony. You've got that one almost nails on. Let's do the next one. Uh, the next one is from a favorite brewery of mine, Tony. Uh, this one's called Beer for Pizza. It's by Off Color Brewing. The style is called malt beer, which is hard to 
Is that like malt liquor? What that means. No, it's 4.5%, so it's, it's not really not a malt liquor. malt liquor strength. This is inspired by pizza and pop parties. So this was a thing. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you did this in grade school, Tony, but sometimes you'd, you'd like win a contest against a, cla- a different classroom for a fundraiser, and they'd give you a pizza party with two liters of Pepsi. No, whatever. Sounds excellent, yeah. but no, we didn't get the pizza party. I know Brian's spoken about the pizza party, but we didn't get it. It's just not right. It's the greatest, you know. Especially if you're in Catholic school, which he and I both were. Being able to wear jeans to school and eat pizza was like the greatest day of your life. Um, beer for pizza features sweet crystal malts, Belgian dark candy syrup, and vanilla balanced with acidity from lime juice and citric acid. The flavor addition is inspired by the secret. 7X blend of citrus, cinnamon, and nutmeg for a juicy and spicy sweet botanical kick. Cola uh, with a K, the nut, um, the botanical, provides a slight caffeine boost with a crisp carbonation, while a crisp carbonation enhances the mouthfeel. So, Tony, having consumed this beer, uh, my take on this beer is that it is um, is Pepsi. Coke inspired. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would call it adjacent. I'd call it inspired. Okay. Like an homage. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, it. Yeah, Ooh. I'm interested to see what you think here. But you have tw- this has 2,300 ratings. Lots of chickens. Um, kind of like um, Kirk Cousins' career yards. Very similar ballpark, but I think much like Kirk Cousins, there are a lot of fumbles involved in this. I don't think this is a good beer. Um, I think it's like the way he's playing this season with his with his four fumbles and 65 yards and 10 sacks. Man, that offensive line is terrible, or he's not getting the ball out of his hands. Um, I'd say both. Yeah. So I'm going to say that this is a 3.34. Tony, you're out of the well already. Three point two seven on this one. You're uh, you not quite as nails on as before, but, but come on, when you really drop that much, that is amazing. Yeah, you're going, you're going nuts. Yeah, he, Tony's on the. On the <laughs> we got to get Tony at the blackjack table. What are we doing? Um, at three point two seven for beer for pizza, Tony. I like this beer more than um, the folks gin pop. Uh, seem to like it. Yep. I will say I can see how someone would be put off by it. It it may have a slight uncanny valley experience to a Coke. Um, if you want it to taste like Coke, you're probably not going to get what you want out of this. It sort of tastes like maybe what Coke might have tasted like in like 1890. Yep, with some good cocaine you in know? it, kind of flat and kind of flaccid before the, they really dialed in that chemistry. Where there was a lot of I mean, artificial it's way stuff. less. Fizz- I mean, nothing's as fizzy as a Coke. I mean, it's no. as like as pop. You know, no beer could ever hit the fizziness marks of a Pepsi. No, that's you know? like thirty or sixty psi. That shit is like right. It's packaged really high. I think it's around thirty psi. So, and and this has a very natural flavor, right? They're only using natural shit, right? They're using cola nut and they're using citrus and herbs and all that shit, right? Not just dumping mysterious sugar syrup into, uh, you know, a a 
busy water, but um, I could see how this would be off-putting is how I, I agree with it. Now, I rated this a 4.25, um, which is kind of low for me, but um, I, I appreciated the effort, and I, yeah. I, didn't, I, I had no trouble finishing it. It tasted good to me. It was a fun beer to drink. I don't think I would buy a six-pack of it and put them down. I think you would have a hard time with that, but it was fun something. Fun thing to try, um, but I can understand why maybe you didn't hit the target. Well, one more. So we had a beer named after pizza. We had a beer uh, inspired by pizza parties. Now, lastly, oh, Tony, let's see what we got here. This is the IPA Italian Pizza Ale by... Nick Torque's going to have my ass on a platter uh, if he speaks Italian anyways. La Nebulus, um, which is a brewery from Tony. It is from... Switzerland, a Swiss microbrewery in the heart of Rennes, Switzerland. Switzerland, right there by Italy. Yep. Right, almost right next to it, or is. Um, we warmly welcome the passage to Lausanne of the Italian brewery White Pony. This is translated, so just beware. Uh, we looked at a recipe with Mediterranean flavors. We reproduced the profile of the water of Florence and added a base of malt recalling the taste of bread. All this is supported by a typical Anglo-Saxon IPA bitterness. I think they mean English IPA. Yep. Um, however, the usual aromatic hopping flavor comes from the addition of tomatoes, basil, and a touch of lactose. This Italian pizza ale is distinguished by its olfactory notes recalling pizza, typical Italian trattoria, or a caprese salad of mozzarella and tomatoes. This beer will surprise you with a with a piece of tagliata beef, a raw ham focaccia, or a plate of hard cheeses and grissinis. La Dolce Vita. Uh, so this beer is a knife. This is a beer. It's, I don't think it's an IPA. There's no hops. Uh, minimal hops. It has tomatoes, basil, and a touch of lactose in this Italian pizza ale. It's the modern Mamma Mia pizza ale. Uh, from all the way from Switzerland, it has 439 ratings. Comes in at 5.3 percent from Switzerland. What what town are we in? I'm trying to find it just to see where it is in Switzerland. The Renens, Renens, R E N E N S. Found it. It is. Jesus, it yep, zoomed in right way there. too far. Nearly on the Italian border, border there, right? Yeah. Right on yeah, the... It's right there, right, right near... Um, that is... Sure, Lake, Lake Leman, Leman, I think, maybe. So you got France over there, it's right there. You're right on the France-Italian-Switzerland yeah. border yeah. there. Okay. So it's it's more French beer than it is Italian beer. Don't know why that affects me, but it does. Um, I think I think this is going to be fucking terrible, dude. I really don't rate this. Guts it. I'm going to go three point three point zero nine. It's probably too high. Three point zero nine is where I go. Oh, Tony, you only get two for three. You were so close, though. Tony, it's a three point two. <laughs> for this one, three point two. You were right. You were fucking right there. 
Um, I'm trying to find some reviews of this. There's there's some nasty reviews of this. Um, uh, just some there's some one in one star ratings on here. Um, man, why can't I find any uh, of the the color on this varies insanely. There's yep. like bonkers color variances on this beer. So we have it just looks like you know maybe. Uh, slightly hazy IPA. We got entirely clear something. We have this. This one is filtered heavily in purple. I think it's just red. Uh, there's other pours of this where it looks straight red. Um, there's. Uh, I mean, it is all over, all over the map. This one looks like hazy IPA. Um, oh, the reason I can't read the reviews is because they're in um, different languages. I see. Uh, and we got some. We got some Danes drinking this thing. <laughs> Uh, they seem skeptical, we'll say. Yep. Um, so there you go. It, now, it does rate higher than the Mamma Mia pizza beer. And, of course, we have played the, the Mamma Mia pizza beer on um, Untrapped probably four or five times now, which, of course, is much lower rated, sadly, than the um, than this one at a 2.59 for the Mamma Mia pizza beer. Mamma Mia. But real quick, I would like to point out that somebody checked in the Mamma Mia pizza beer on July 9th, 2023, <laughs> and five starred it. Of course, I did. Uh, so, shout out to to Mike Smith. Smithy. There you go. That's on. Un, that's untrapped for the week, and that's the show. Tony, why don't you tell me where they can find us? They can find us on Google Earth. I just um, checked out my home address, and it, the photo was updated. In June 23, so it's quite a modern update for... Um, and Tony's home address is... Oh, <laughs> um, if I could find the bleep, I, I could bleep it out, but I can't be bothered. <laughs> but you can find something we can be both be bothered with. I checked in quite a few beers this week. Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. If you really want to see what Griff is checking in, you can do that also at Griff... AD on Untapped. Uh, he has no friends on Untapped. Nobody else that he checks beers in with. Doesn't mm. share any his beer with anybody at all. Um, speaking of that, we need nope. to get our guests back on the show at some point. Um, if you want to give of us course. a tip, um, and we'll stop slandering Minnesota sports teams, that's ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Uh, send your complaints and emails to beerengineshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to if you must interact with us on social media, please do that on, I was about to say X, Instagram, at Beer Engine Pod. Aren't you glad we're not on X where you still tweet and you have retweets, but the place isn't called Twitter. It's called X. Why? Because Elon Musk has a fascination with the alphabet. Why? I do not know. He is a weirdo. Fuck that guy. Nailed it, Tony. I was just on Google Maps. So was, uh, my home address uh, actually is one of the few places that doesn't actually have street view because it's gated. I guess I don't know if they just didn't come in here, but you can't you can't actually see my. You can kind of see our place from the back side of it. I've, but, um, um, I'll just put it up in our dock, and then you can see my home address. I was about to put it up in Discord, but I thought that wouldn't be a good idea. Well, I yeah, don't do that. This is not uh, very TAI. good. Our people are good people. There you go. Yeah, we trust our folks a little more. Yeah. Under All right. Well, untapped. It should uh, should bring up my. Home. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see it live. 
You are going to see this joint live. I can't wait. Uh, just a few more weeks now and, until we're uh, hanging out in person. Look at look at this highly developed area. I mean, compared to Irwin, Illinois, you're going to rock Oh, yeah. It. We're a genuine town. We don't have we're traffic lights. genuine place. We have roundabouts in Australia. That's fine, too. Yeah. All right, gang. We will be back. Uh, we will be back next week. There's no reason we can't be back next week. I get back Tuesday, Tony, so we can just, you know. Keep on trucking. Normal next week. Everything's good. All right, we will talk to you then. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. Farewell. Adieu.